this is Jody Howe, and welcome to the Air That I Breathe podcast, season two. God laid it on my heart to share hope from His Word, offering practical tips that are tried and true that I use each and every day from what I believe will reduce your anxiety and mental storms so you can learn to live with peace and joy, even when those storms are everywhere and sometimes unavoidable. I love to bring fun, heart, humor, and truth to this platform to engage and inspire. And sometimes I'm going to bring on a guest or two. So are you breathing a new air? The air of faith, hope, and love? Are you making intentional decisions to strengthen your spirit, your soul, and body? Well, I'm here to encourage you that each day is a new day filled with hope. And we can live with peace in the mental storms. So I have got a story for you all. I was walking through the processional at my college graduation, arm in arm with those soon to be lifelong friends. The excitement was beaming everywhere. Life felt good, but out of nowhere, I started to feel dizzy. My heart was racing. I was sweating. I had no idea what was happening to my body. I had to leave the processional and was led to the medic room to endure four hours of what should have been a celebration of four years worth of an earned graduation day. Why? Because my mind was telling me I was having a heart attack at 21 years old. Instead, I learned I was having an anxiety attack and it pretty much ruined my graduation. The medics, they evaluated me. They assured me I was just fine. But you know, to this day, I'm convinced my mother still thinks I overslept and missed that important milestone. I moved on. Fast forward months later, it happened again. Panic attack number two while out with some friends. I ended up in the ER and after an EKG and full workup, the doctors, they cleared me as fine. So I moved on. And again, I'm living on the West Coast with my soon-to-be husband and panic attack number three hit. And at this point in my life, the internet, it was available, but it didn't have a minuscule of information that we have today. I researched my symptoms and I discovered I have anxiety and panic disorder. Wait a minute, I have a mental illness? Yet at the time, a huge stigma was placed on mental issues, which it spurred all these feelings that made me feel like a crazy person. I just didn't know where to turn. And I decided to go talk to a doctor. He tried to give me some ideas, some strategies on how to work through it. He assured me I was just fine. The symptoms, they subsided. So I moved on and life, it played its lovely course and it faithfully brought me to married life and children. I moved back to the East Coast and back to my family roots. I started a new life. You know, it seemed like my anxiety was cured for a while. In fact, I didn't even think much about it. But then the year before I was turning 40, anxiety and panic disorder, it came back with a vengeance. Other than the fear of getting older, I I didn't have specific reasons as to why I was feeling this way, but I was terrified. In fact, looking back at all those episodes, there were never really specific reasons, just reasons that I manifested in my mind, coupled with what I truly believe is a chemical and hormonal imbalance. So, you know, all of this, it led to a complete loss of control of my mind and my life. But this episode was so severe that I physically got sick. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't function. And this time, my doctor couldn't 
in good faith or in good practice, assure me that I was just fine. And in no way, shape or form could I move on. You know, after a tremendous amount of research, I decided medication was necessary for me to start to get my life back. I mean, it helped, but it wasn't a perfect fix. In addition, I began to shift my thought process with this radical acceptance that this was my cross to bear. Even though I was still underwater and I needed to continue fighting through the storm. But as the waves subsided, I found another source of medicine, a raft, if you will, that changed my life forever. Jesus. Friends, I had known of Jesus my entire life. I guess you could say, though, I was more like a priester. No, that's someone who only shows up to church on Christmas and Easter. My mom, she talked to me about God and I used to pray to him a lot when I was pretty young. But you know those prayers about how you need this and the other thing? I even crafted a new prayer off of an old classic. Do y'all remember this one? Now I lay me down to sleep. I praise the Lord my soul to keep. If I shall die before I wake, I praise the Lord my soul to take. Huh? Yo, who wants to say, if I die, take my soul right before they go to bed? (laughs) Hello, anxiety. So instead, this girl took matters into her own hands. And I rewrote that prayer to bring some hope to actually waking up in the morning. Now I lay me down to sleep. I praise the Lord, my soul to keep. The angels watch me through the night until I wake to morning light. Feel free to share that with your children. And that I can sleep to. Yet I was a naive prayer. And it did not occur to me that I wasn't having a relationship with Jesus. You know, I'll never forget when I was in high school, I used to pray the same prayer every night based on a lifelong dream. I grew up as a singer and I was a performer and I was very starstruck over celebrity musicians. So to God, I would pray, I want to become a star and I want to win a Grammy Award. Literally, that was the prayer. I didn't even know what that meant. And I'm pretty sure God didn't either. That's why he didn't answer. (laughs) But in the early years through young adulthood, my journeys, they brought to me so many different cities. And with that were so many different emotions. Yet God was unrelenting in showing up here or there. My mother, she had given me these books by a poet named Helen Steiner Rice. And if y'all don't know who she is, she is a Christian writer who used to write these poems based off a scripture with all kinds of chapters relating to different parts of spiritual walks or devotionals. You know, during a very hard season in my 20s, her books were kryptonite to keeping me alive. Although I wasn't in this constant relationship with Jesus, I wasn't devoting my life to him. And that made a difference. But he was unrelenting in showing me bits and pieces of what actual peace felt like through him. And clearly God wanted to be the center of my life. And through incremental parts of my life, he would knock at my door. But it wasn't until that final rock bottom anxious episode where it became the final straw to me saying, okay, God, I am listening. And wow, did he speak to me through channels that he knew I was going to hear him. And after I began mentally healing through that last real anxiety episode, my spiritual journey began. So I was, I was encouraged to join a Bible study from a dear family friend. 
And I got to tell you, the thought of doing a Bible study sounded foreign to me. Like I was better than the time I would need to invest in this. I know that sounds arrogant, but that's how I felt at the time. But again, the unrelenting God said, nope, this is where I need you to go. And remember, I was a little more open to hearing him now. God, he kept saying, I need you to believe in me. It was a few months into my Bible study and I was at the mall shopping. You see, God knew how to nudge me in my happy places. I was in the line checking out and all of a sudden I felt this incredible, tremendous peace come over me. It was nothing specific. It was just feeling of joy, even though everything around me was not necessarily joyful. After I left the mall, I was driving home and in my car, I pushed the random button just to listen to music. And on my playlist, I had over 2000 songs, but about three of them were Christian. Yet that time when I pushed random, the first song that came on was by Leanne Womack. It's called There Is a God. And in that song, she speaks a lot about the miracles of God. And I really didn't think much of it, but as usual, I sang along. Then randomly, the second song was I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me. I had it on my playlist because I just thought it was so beautiful. And I'll admit, I found the lyrics to be a little odd because I didn't quite know what they meant. And as a side note, I actually thought it was a wedding song. (laughs) But as the song began to build so beautifully and so musically, all of a sudden I started to feel overcome by a divine intervention. And that was the day the Holy Spirit leaped into my soul and I met my salvation. And oh, a beautiful journey it has become. But friends, it hasn't been easy. It's been an intentional effort on my part to reap the blessings of God. So I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, and now I'm intrigued by Jesus. Yet I still have anxiety and panic disorder. What am I going to do with all of this? Well, as I learned early on, praying is a very important part of that relationship building with Jesus. So I tried teaching myself how to pray. And yeah, I'll admit the ones in the early days that were like half leaning on God and half leaning on instant gratification Like, um, God, I need this answered now, please. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. And of course, people in ministry will tell you, start by memorizing scripture, which in my mind sounded like I needed to memorize aerodynamics. It's not how I was raised. I didn't even know what I was doing. And until you get into his word consistently, you're not necessarily going to know what the scripture means. I had to learn to flex that spiritual muscle. So still showing up with prior faith in mind. One day I was reading something on Google and Matthew 6, 9 came up. And this blew me away because I had known this scripture my entire life. I just didn't know it was actually scripture. And that is no fault to the church or the priests. Sure, it was explained. I probably just wasn't paying attention. But how delighted I was to know that I actually knew scripture. And this one, like the back of my hand. And in case you're wondering which one I'm talking about, that would be the Our Father. Then a dear friend shared with me Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. And I got to tell you, thinking about trusting the Lord with all your heart was a lot to stomach when you're still in the control stages of your walk. But I did commit that one to memory. And to this day, I believe the scripture was written just for me. And then somehow Philippians 4, verse 6 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present all your worries to God. That became my power scripture when I would wake up in the middle of the night with panic attacks. Because to be clear, you are never cured from anxiety, but you can be healed. But, you know, I still wanted to learn how to pray and how to see God in that prayer. And he kept showing up, building in me a spiritual strength that I now realize is part of the relationship building. Because prayer is a connection to God, a way to communicate a conversation with the Holy Spirit that is gifted inside of us when we accept Jesus into our lives. The Holy Spirit is the mental counselor gifted from Jesus. So if I just acted on it through conversation, prayer, belief, I would feel peace. Simple enough, right? Well, not so fast. You can't just pray your anxiety away through literal requests. Prayer is not like making a wish from a genie in a bottle type. It is not magic. His plan is his plan, and he is working all things out for good in spite of our bad choices and inherit sin. But what prayer can do is enrich the possibility of clarity. How? You can start to view life from his lens, where peace is possible. Prayer changes our minds when we actively think about God's intentions for us. You know, we become more aware of that higher power that is in control. And it also reminds us we are not. We release our worries to him and in return, we gain clarity, hope, peace, which are his promises. Because friends, prayer is the bridge between panic and peace. So I mastered my prayer life. Just kidding. I'm still mastering it. Or is there really a master to it except God? And I, I really did. I started to have a temporal peace. But I still wanted to know where the longevity of peace was and how could it be obtained? And I really started to analyze through my memorization of Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. And I'll tell you, You'll find a lot of people, and I'm sure there's many on this conference who love the Lord and use this scripture as their mantra scripture in life. It's so good. So I'm taking medication, I'm praying, I'm learning about who Jesus is, and I'm building that relationship. But what else am I missing here? I started to dive deep into wellness, and I learned that I have to protect the vessel that God gave me, which is my physical health. You know, there are several Bible verses out there that say, do not worry, do not fear, do not be anxious. They're divine reminders that God's got our anxiety. And I was always pretty conscious about my health. That is my physical health, working out, eating well, just trying to take general good care of me. But this had to be a self-revelation because I wasn't raised with healthy foods. So I come from an Italian-American background where, let's be real, I was not taught how to eat healthy. I was raised with two Italian grandmothers where one would cook a huge brunch during the week and the other would have a huge Sunday night meal. And I definitely played off of that generosity. And we are talking carbs, salt, sugar, sauces, fats. Yes, very delicious foods. So to any of my Italian friends here, you feel me, right? I mean, one lunch would completely blow away my Weight Watchers points for like the whole week. But I have anxiety and panic disorder. 
And I began to realize certain foods that we put into our bodies do in fact instigate anxiety. This was a hard reality check, but with anything in life, I learned that moderation is key to living your best life. Okay, truth. If I had to entirely give up pizza, French fries, muffins, wine, life might not be worth living. (laughs) But seriously, I can eat those foods, just not on a regular basis. And it is about being considerate about avoiding certain foods that encourage weight gain, hyperactivity that are high in sugar and give you a general feeling of crappy. And I think we all know what those are. And friends, let's not fool ourselves into thinking that an energy drink or anything high in caffeine or even alcohol are good for people who suffer from anxiety. They are its enemy. However, in due time, when you have control of your anxiety, you can enjoy a glass of wine or two. And like me, I can handle one to two cups of coffee in the morning, but that's it. I have to own what I can and cannot do. And I also had to consider all aspects of honoring the vessel that God gave me. By reconstructing my diet life, I also needed to incorporate more exercise into my schedule because those endorphins that you get after a simple 15 to 30 minute walk or run, let alone a high impact workout, it's a natural anxiety reducer. And oh, I can't begin to tell you how many times I I fight my mind telling me we really don't want to go to the gym and work out today, do we? But the Holy Spirit supersedes. And I find this tremendous peace and relaxation. And you know, it's such a great feeling after I've conquered that hour. And of course, you all know that yoga and other forms of exercise are so good for anxiety. So I will always encourage you to seek them out. You know, one day someone asked me how many hours of sleep I get a night. And I said to them around seven or eight hours. And they thought it was crazy. Michelle, I'm an anxious person and I learned that I need to make an effort, a strong effort to honor my body with good rest. God tells us in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me all who are labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He even tells us one out of seven days where he encourages us to take a mental break and that includes a physical break. But also nightly, we need to be taking into consideration that if we suffer from anxiety, lack of sleep instigates that. And to those mamas and dads out there that have young children, I get you. I would look at my children for years and I would say, when am I going to get my sleep back? But now being a mom of teenagers, it's finally back. In fact, not only is it back for me, apparently it has rubbed off on them as well. And it's like, I'm looking here at my watch and I'm like, it's one o'clock kids, wake up. (laughs) Oh, to be young again, right? So in closing, I thought we could discuss a powerful prayer that was written by a former theologian named Reinhold Niebuhr. Some of you may have heard this prayer through passing in life or possibly you know it from the Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program. And why I like it and why I think those who suffer through the mental storms need to hear it is because it focuses very much on acceptance, courage, and wisdom. And to me, what I have learned in my walk is that when you start to lean on those words, those meanings, and you surrender your anxiety and your fears, that is where the true living begins. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. 
the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that he will make things right if I surrender to his will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever and the next. Amen. So here are some key words that I thought I would align with some scripture. Grant, Psalms 55, 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Accept Psalms 108, 6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Courage, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wisdom, and also let's not ever rule out Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. We have 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Trusting alongside of Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Psalms 91, 4. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. Surrender, Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Friends, acceptance is not defeat when you understand its relevance as a part of life. God gives us this incredible human life that naturally is going to lean on the ways of the world. But he has led me to encourage you today that although the world is hard and it consists of a lot of problems, when we begin to transform in the renewing of our minds towards him, there in lies the peace. Because friends, peace is not the absence of problems. It is the presence of God. Write this down. I'm going to remind you again. Peace is not the absence of problems. It is the presence of God. My anxiety has started in my young life and it, it is very much interfered with my life's plans. But I can see now that God was always there knocking at my door. It was a matter of my willingness to answer it. Friends, accepting God's plan for my life is where my fearless living began. And it continues to flourish spiritually with daily hope. I used to think anxiety was my cross to bear, yet learning that Jesus had already bore that cross at Calvary, I just, I began to feel empowered in how if he could see me through anxiety, he can work through all of my mental storms, my challenges, my life, because life is hard and we do hard things. Sometimes we, we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But God promises us, specifically in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This newfound revelation, it just actually allowed me this particular secular proverb to speak volumes in my life. It is truly not what happens to us in life. It is how we handle it. And then the power of the scripture that I just keep reminding you of, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, that is how we handle life trust. And when we consider changing our worldview towards God's view, we learn to respect the spirit he left for us to lean on. We divinely yearn to start transforming our minds to be more like him. You know, a dear friend of mine shared this with me, and it is so intensely powerful because we live as though we are living in a battlefield world. 
but I believe you can apply this thought process to anxiety and the mental storms and it really truly helps us to understand the daily struggles of the world. Sisters, we need to stop being street fighters and become warriors in Christ because street fighters, they fight with the flesh and they hurt and they bleed and they obtain nothing but bruises and arrogance. But friends, we as warriors, if we align with them, they prepare for battle. They dress in the armor. They are brave and they are experienced in war and they get that through practice, loyalty and acceptance in their king's plan and his direction. Warriors endure. So let's endure together to follow the Lord with all our heart. How do you start living a fearless life in faith? I suggest that you ask for his ways through prayer. You learn scripture. You read his love story to us, the Bible. You attend church. You build community through church. You involve yourselves in fellowship because we are not meant to do this life alone. And most especially, protecting our minds from what it takes in. Trusting in the Lord and not the world, allowing him to set our path straight allowing God to start a work in us so we can be the brethren or the sisters to all who need that hope for today and always. His power provides the healing through hardships of life. His presence is the peace through the mental storms. His wisdom offers solutions to problems and a keen direction from confusion. His love is the opposite of pain, loss, fear, and doubt. He is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Second Corinthians tell us in 12, 9, his grace is sufficient for you today. His power is made perfect in weakness. Friends, I am out of time, but would love to pray for us. Father God, thank you so much for this time and for all the women at this conference. Possibly those women, they're just looking for any kind of hope and for just any kind of healing through any mental storms that is just overpowering their lives, Lord. And I am just asking that you shed a glimmer of hope and healing through those storms and, and take away those anxieties in life, Lord. I am a humble testimony to that healing. And I ask that you infuse their heart through their souls and into all of their being that you have made in them the active Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask for the power of healing today and always. It is in the precious and powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.